seen great things this year? Uh, you know, one of, one of the things that I know about uh, the Lord is that he's trying to take us from one level to another. That he doesn't want us to stay where we're at. And uh, there's always a, a, new, uh, a, a new side of God that we've maybe not discovered yet. Or a new level, I, let me put it that way, a new level that he wants to take us to. And, uh, but it takes growth, and growth is not always easy. Uh, growth can be painful. Uh, and also growth requires, it, it, it actually demands change. Uh, you cannot stay the same and grow at the same time. There's going to be change that takes place. And, and the problem with change is that we get stuck in our routines, we get stuck in our habits, we get stuck where we're at. And I like to say it this way, is that God never called us to be maintainers, he's called us to be ground gainers. And so he wants us gaining ground in life. And so what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to, to be the disciples that he uh, created us and designed us to be. And, 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 and so we're, we're, on this, we're on this track this, this year to understand what that looks like. And so we're going to do a number of different series around that. And we started out this year talking about what it looks like to be passionate about, passionate for God. And then we're, we're right now in a series called Genuinely Loving People or To Love People. And uh, that is a, uh, a characteristic, if you will, of a disciple of Christ that we genuinely love people. And, uh, you know, when we come into faith, we don't come into a place where we're automatically become disciples. Disciples are made. Matter of fact, Matthew's gospel says it this way, and let's look at this together. Matthew, Matthew chapter 28 says this. In verse 18, it says, Then the, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Therefore, go and make disciples. And it, now, now, notice disciples are made; they're not born. They're, they're you know, you you come and you get born again uh, by faith, and you become a believer at that point. But you have to be made into a disciple. So, through this this series that we're on, we're going to be talking about what does it look like to be made into a disciple? Because not only do we need to be made into a disciple, but we are also commissioned to go make disciples in the lives of others. Uh, in your family, uh, as parents, uh, your, one of the, your responsibilities is not only to introduce your children to Christ, but also bring them up in the admonition nurture of the Lord. You're to make disciples of them and, uh, and discipline followers of Jesus Christ, where they're living their life, their entire life, for Jesus and so we're, we're talking about this, and it's, it's moving from one place to another. So what I want to do is I want to take you to John chapter 13, and this is the foundation for this series that we're on, and it's found in uh, verse 34. It says, a new commandment, Jesus says, I give to you, that you love one another as I loved you. Wow. Love others just like I have loved you. Now, are we doing that? Are we truly, I mean, have we arrived where we're loving others the same way that Jesus is loving us? Probably not. 
Therefore, we need to be made more into a disciple than we are today. It's a process. It's a step-by-step. It's a a process in a journey in life that we need to be made. So it says, into a disciple. He says, Jesus said that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Last week we talked about what it looks like to, uh, to genuinely love people. And we talked about that we have to live a life in the Spirit. That we can't do this in the flesh. We cannot live in the flesh and love others the way that Jesus loved us. That it is a spiritual, it is a, it's a spiritual journey that we must be on. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is love. And so that comes out of us living our life, walking in the Spirit. We talked about that. If you don't understand that, go back and listen. We have our, our, our messages online that you can go back and listen to at cotmtyler.org. You can do that. And just go over it and, and let God speak to you and show you what it means to, to walk in the Spirit. But we can't do it in the flesh. And today, I'm introducing another uh, message for today, and that's this, is that we need to live a life in submission. That you, I, 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 I present this to you today, I, and I say this today, that you cannot walk in love and not be submitted to each other at the same time. We've got to be submitted to each other and walk in love. They go hand in hand, one with the other. You can't have one without the other. So we have to walk in submission to one another. That's difficult. But we're talking about being made into a disciple. We're talking about wanting God's best for our life. We're talking about not going through this life and playing Christian, but being a Christian. We're talking about being the body of Christ here on this earth and doing the things that Jesus did here on this earth. The Bible says when he went to heaven, he delegated his ministry to you and I. He says, here's what it is. Listen, I walked this. I gave you the example. Now I want you to go do it. You are the spiritual body here on this earth. I'm going to empower you. I've given you my spirit and the things that I've done, you do also. And even greater than these things you shall do. Amen? Amen. And it's not going to happen outside of the arena or the realm of love. Jesus did everything that he did because he genuinely loved people. Now, if we understand Jesus, he was submitted. He was submitted to the Father. Honestly, he was submitted to us. He was submitted to the call. He was submitted to the the mission here on this earth. He He was the epitome of submission Jesus was submitted and uh, and so I want you to see that love and submission go hand in hand Ephesians chapter 5 in in verse 2 it says it says live a life of love it's not something that we should hit and miss on it's something that we live out it says love others just as Christ loved us there it is again He's saying that we need to live our lives just as Christ loved us. And he gave himself for us a sweet-smelling offering and sacrifice to God. Now, if you continue on in Ephesians 5, you'll see that it goes on to say, this is how it's done. How do you love others just like Christ loved us? Ephesians 5 verse 21 says this, submit to one another. 
submit to another, uh, one another out of reverence for Christ. Or some of your translations may say for the, out of the fear of God. In other words, because, uh, because you reverence God, because you love God, because you don't want to displease God, you love others. Be submitted to one another. And it goes on to say, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, notice that submission and love go hand in hand. Notice that they go one with the other. That we have to be submitted in order to be, right, uh, to, to be able to love the way that he would have us love and to li- love right here on this earth. Do you, can you see that? And, and the word of God really, it lays out the case. It, it spells it out for us. And I believe that we need to understand what submission is in order to be able to live out submission. Don't you agree? So let's talk about it. Let me give you a definition. Submission is the ability to cheerfully put away your own agenda for God's, even if God's agenda is expressed through another person. <laughs> right? It's okay, God. I'm submitted to you. But let me tell you, the Bible says that we're to submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. Or submit to one to another in reverence to God. And so we're, it, 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 this is submission. Submission is putting away your agenda and picking up the agenda of God's. However it may come. Whether it comes through others or not. A good example of this is this weekend or this week. Uh, my wife and I lead a marriage small group, and each and every week we, we go to different places to eat, and so we've gone all over. And so, so uh, we, we tried different restaurants, and, and honestly, there's just some restaurants that I just don't care to go, but I go. And this week was one of them. And I'm not going to tell you, but you that are in my small group, you know Today, you're going to find out that's not one of my favorite places to go. So you'll know where it's at, right? And I'm not going to name it because most people like it. But the way I eat, it's just not really the most best food. It's not most tasty food. So, so anyway, I wanted to go to another place. And, uh, but you know what? My, my wife said, uh, I feel like we're supposed to go there. So you know what? I gave up my agenda for her agenda. That's called submission. Amen? And and honestly, it's not about the food. Our small group is all about relationships. It's not about what we get to eat or don't get to eat. It's not about whether I like it or don't like it. It's all about I'm supposed to be a part of other people's lives and doing life and ministry with people and, and, and God has called me to be connected and engaged with people's lives. It's not whether everything aligns itself and it pleases me, and then I'll do it. That's submission. Submission is giving up your agenda for God's agenda, regardless of how that might look. That's submission. Okay? We understand? So in your homes, 
We need to learn the importance of submission. Now, let me, let me make this statement because I've, I've heard husbands and wives say, well, I'm just going to submit to my husband, but my husband is not leading me in the ways of the Lord, but they submit. Listen, from the very beginning of time, we saw someone that submitted to a, a spouse and it got them in trouble. And that was Adam submitted to Eve and let me tell you, submission in itself is, is not enough. It's submission to each other in the fear of the Lord, in, 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 in the reverence of God, in doing it God's way. And so Adam and Eve, listen, it's not just being submitted, well, I'm going to submit to my husband. Yeah, but your husband's leading you in a path that's a, a contrary to God's will. That's not going to produce God's blessing on your life. Guarantee you. And, and, and then there was another one, Ananias and Sapphira. Remember them? Cost them their lives. They were submitted to each other, but they weren't submitted to the will of God. So we need to understand submission is giving up our agenda for God's agenda. We need to be submitted one to another, but we need to do it under the umbrella of the will of God, in the plan of God, in the purposes of God, in and for our life. Does that make sense? Are we good? Are we getting anything out of this this morning? I'm helping us to grow. Now, this is going to be difficult because some of you, mar- some of, some of you that are married are going to go home and have some difficult conversations because you're not necessarily both living in submission to God's agenda. You're submitted to each other, but not to God's agenda. And you need to have that tough conversation. You're, you're here to be disciples of Jesus Christ. You're, to, you're here not to hinder the will of God, but to promote the will of God in and through your life. And so you have to have those difficult uh, conversations. Uh, Philippians says it this way. I like it. It says in verse 3, it says, In whatever you do, don't let selfishness or pride be your guide. Be humble and honor others more than yourselves, Don't be interested only in your own life, but care about the lives of others too. In your life together, think the way that Christ thought or have the same attitude that he had, as another translation says it. So Jesus was submitted to us. He was submitted to God. He was submitted to the will of God. He was submitted to the mission of God. So must we. And so we need to do this. And so what I want to do is I want to lay out a case for, for all of us today so that we can move forward in being discipled by the Word of God, discipled by the Holy Spirit, and even being discipled by me this morning in your lives and so that you can disciple one another. Amen? So let me, let me just talk about what submitting to one another in genuine love looks like. First of all, number one, it's submitting to one another, submitting it to one another in genuine love produces intimacy in our relationships. Produces intimacy. And, and this is going to become clear to you in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. We're going to go there. Before, you, before I read this, let me just make this statement. I believe everybody desires intimacy. I believe it's it's an innate desire by God for us to be intimate in our relationships. I, I believe it's there. But a lot of people fear it. They fear getting hurt. They fear 
they fear all kinds of different things of being intimate with other people. I believe that's why people don't submit one to another. Is because they, 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 in their heart, they're craving it, desiring that intimacy, but they fear it. And as a result, they put these walls up, and you can come only so close to me, you can, you can find out only so much about me, but you're not getting any further because I, I, it's, just, it's just uncomfortable to me. Listen, God called us to be disciples. We, we're to be an open book to be read by all men. We're to be, uh, our relationship, our life is to look different than, than anybody else's life. Jesus said this, he says, this world will know that you are my disciples because of your love for one another. Because of your intimacy for one another, or uh, yeah, for one another, this world's going to, you're going to look different than this world. So let me, let me share, let me just share some a scripture with you, and then I'm going to share uh, some thoughts that will hopefully unfold this idea of being submitted to one one to another and having genuine love. First uh, Peter chapter five, and this is where we're going to stick for the remaining part of the day. It says, "Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another." And get this, he tells us how: be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, he gives grace to the humble. Notice here it says, be clothed with humility. Humility is demonstrated by submission. When we're humble with one another, we become vulnerable to one another. We become transparent with one another. That's called intimacy. When you are able to go to somebody and and say, listen, this is where my life is. This is, what, this is what's going on in my life. I had, I had a guy uh, in my small group, uh, and I've been in small groups all, pretty much all of my life. And uh, it was right after I got born again, I had a guy come into my life. And, and uh, he was in my small group, and I was in his, or he was in my small group. And, we, and I was the leader of the group. And he came to me one day, and he says, hey, I'd like to speak with you. And I said, absolutely, absolutely, talk, let's talk. And I didn't know what he was going to talk to me about. And he says, hey, I just see something in your life that I just wanted, to, uh, I wanted permission to address. And I said, you've got permission. One of, one of the things that I've had uh, all of my life as a Christian, not all of my life life, but my Christian life, is that I've always allowed people into my life to speak into my life as long as it's aligned with God's word. My, my wife, even my son, uh, when, even when he was a kid, I'd say, son, you, you have the right to correct me if you see me violating the word of God. Because the word of God is our standard. The word of God is what corrects and directs our lives. And, and, and my, my pastors, they can, they can speak into my life. If there's anything that's contrary to the word of God, they have the right to come into my life and... and and correct me. Well, this guy, I gave him permission. And honestly, most, most Christians do not give people permission to speak into their lives. Or correct their lives. And, and that's got to change. Because most Christians, and I use that word most, I, honestly, I think most Christians are on a path that is not healthy. 
A healthy path is when we have relationships that are intimate enough where we can be transparent and say, listen, I've got this issue. Or if the, because we all have blind spots when we have uh, other relationships in our life where they see a blind spot in our life and they can speak into our life. In this case, this guy, I was a young Christian, so I had a mess of stuff that needed fixed. I had a bunch of stuff that needed uh, uh, attention. But the, the thing that he addressed was my pride. Because if you're not clothed with humility, you're clothed with pride. And pride will always put a false front up. Pride is always going to put up what you want people to see. Pride's not going to be intimate with people. Pride's not going to be transparent. Pride is always going to be about you. But humility, you're submitting one to another because you want the best for all your relationships. Is that making sense? Is that helping? And so it transformed my life, allowing him to speak into my life. It made a difference in my life. And uh, in the flesh, you and I are going to struggle with intimacy. Because in the flesh is where pride resides. In the flesh, pride is going to be dominating every one of our lives. And so we have to humble ourselves. In other words, to be humble doesn't mean to think less of yourself. It just, thinks, it just means to think less about yourself. It's not about you. It's about God and others. It's, it's about what's best for everybody else. Is that making sense? And so we, we've, got to, we've got to strip off that pride and we've got to be clothed in humi- humility and say, God, whatever it is that you want. And we, we need to be transparent with one another to the point where we can go to one another and say, I've got this issue because we all have issues. I'm going to tell you, you have issues, I have issues, we all have issues. I don't care who you are, we have issues. And the Bible tells us we, we need to be uh, humble enough where we can go to one another and say, I've got an issue. Confess your faults one to another, pray for one another, then is when you'll receive your healing. So what issue do you have? And who can speak into your life? And who can you go to that you're in submission to that can help you out of that area? Even if you got in the mess yourself, God never intended for you to get out of that mess by yourself. So genuine love, let me give you this statement. Genuine love is a heart connection. We need to be connected in our heart that always, I, I said this last week, I, I, I just uh, uh, referenced it last week, but I, I'm putting it here for you guys to write down so that you'll lock it into your memory. Genuine love is a heart connection that always produces trust, intimacy, and security. When you're connected in your heart with one another, you're going to be trusting of that, one, that other person. You're going to entrust them with information that you may not entrust somebody else that you have no heart connection with. That's why small groups for us is key. That's why small groups, and still our small group, we have a great small group, we have a number of people attending our, our marriage small group, but I still don't like where we're at. I was telling my wife, we, 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 we're doing good, but I think we, we need to somehow just get a little bit more connected so that we can be more transparent with one another. 
For a lot of us, we are, but some of us, we're not. Does that make sense? So that we're trusting one another with that issue in our life or whatever's going on in our life. So that we can pray for one another and get some resolve in our lives. Also, when your heart connected, then you are intimate with that one, with that person. If you're not connected in heart, you don't feel close to that person. And then also, uh, then you're going to feel secure in that relationship. Amen? All right. So let me move on. Submitting to one another, secondly, in genuine love produces grace in our relationships. Grace. And my goodness gracious, can I say... We all need grace in our relationships. Notice here in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, let me read it again real quick. It says this, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive, uh, submissive to one another and be clothed in humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares on him for he cares for you. I'm going to go quickly through this, but I just want you to understand that what grace, God's grace. First of all, let me make this statement. God is love. And so where love is, God is. And where God is, there's grace. There's the ability of God. And here's what grace is. I I wrote it down for you. I believe this is not a a full definition of grace, but this is grace. Grace is this. Grace is, grace, God's grace is God's power and God's ability and God's divine influence to achieve God's will in our life. Do you get that? God's grace is God's power, God's ability, and God's divine influence to achieve God's will. God's grace, in short, gives us what we need to fulfill what God wants. In short. That's what God's grace is. Grace comes when we're submitted one to another. Grace comes when we're submitted one to another in the fear of the Lord or in, the, in reverence to God. Does that make sense? <laughs> Come on now. Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to help all of us out today because all of us need grace in relationships. Because relationships, I'm going to say this, relationships together isn't easy. It isn't easy. It's difficult. Remember he says that he may exalt you in due time. If you haven't been exalted in that relationship, then that tells me that you're probably doing some struggling. So it's not easy. You're going you're gonna to have some difficulty in your relationships with one another where you're going to need God's power to carry you through. God's ability, God's influence to help you in that relationship. Quit trashing your relationships, not relationships that you need to be in. I understand that not all relationships we need to be in. He who walks with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed, according to Proverbs. So there's some relationships that we just don't need to be walking with. I understand that. But there are those that are God-ordained that you need to walk through and you need to get through because every one of us are going to have some differences. My wife and I have differences regularly. She blames it all on me. 
truth be known, it's probably all of me. But she's got God's grace on her life because she does submit. As I submit unto her. We submit unto one another. It's not a domination. She doesn't dominate me. I don't dominate her. We're under the umbrella or the leadership or the lordship or the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. We honor one another highly in our marriage. There's no belittling. There's no trashing. There's no anything else. We love each other passionately. Passionately. We love each other. So together isn't easy. But let me make this statement too. Together is sometimes messy. Oh, sorry, messy. Misspelled it, messy. Correct that, would you? Because it's going to just mess some people up. (laughs) Baby, I can't handle you. I don't need another one, okay? But notice it says in First First uh, Peter chapter five, it says, "Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares on you." For you, isn't that right? He cares for us. Yes. Amen. Yes. And because He cares for us, He's going to help us out by His grace. We need grace when things get messy in our in our relationships. In our marriages, in our friendships, in church. Church can get messy. Let me tell you why. Because people make messes. Don't come into, in, into this church and think that everything's perfect. Because if you, want, if you want a perfect church, go to heaven. Because it ain't here on this earth. Okay? I already proved that by my spelling. (laughs) Amen. All right, let me give you one last thought real quick. Well, not quite one last thought. A few last thoughts. One last point and some sub-points. Number three, submitting to one another in genuine love produces longevity in our relationships. Longevity. It just breaks my heart. And you, I think I said this last week, but I have a pastor friend, very dear man of God, that is actually uh, influential in, in, in across America and in, in pastoring lots of pastors and uh, being a part of uh, nurturing and nourishing uh, multitudes of, of churches and, and leaders, including myself. He's a, a mentor in my life. And he was telling the story of of his parents after 49 years getting a divorce that that just that's just that's just not right <laughs> that's a lot of investment to 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 throw in the trash i mean i'm 27 years 26 come on help a brother out 27 in may 27 in may and uh even that many years would be uh, just not right to trash. Let me tell you why a relationship would end. One is because we just aren't operating in the grace. And when things get messy, 
messy. <laughs> when it gets messy and, 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 and things get tough, uh, when, when, when it's not easy, then the tendency in the flesh is to quit and, and head on. Pack your bags and go, right? Isn't that right? Okay, so, so longevity. First Peter chapter 5, we'll go there again. Likewise, you younger people, submit uh, yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking those that aren't being humble. Seeking those that are not submitted one to another. Seeking whom he may devour. He's looking. He he knows what to look for. And so he's looking at our relationships and he's looking to see where we're at. Are we really living uh, in the fear of God? Are we really being submitted one to another? Are we walking humbly before the Lord and before one another? If not, he can move in and he can devour. And let me tell you, the devil is against relationships because relationships is God's idea. It's God's design. He hates everything to do with relationships. He hates it with a passion. And let me tell you where the first church split took place in heaven, in a perfect environment. Don't you even kid yourself. Don't you even uh, believe that it couldn't happen to you. That's why we have to guard our hearts with all diligence. We have to guard our lives. We have to fortify our lives. We need to make sure that we're protecting our, our minds. Bring every thought captive. Don't allow those, those seed thoughts of, 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 of negative uh, unbelief enter in and, and take root because it'll, it'll produce a harvest in our life if we allow those thoughts to come in. One of our core values, we're going to talk about it as a church, is that we deliberately choose a positive attitude. Because every one of us, by default, in the flesh, go negative. And if we go negative, we get negative. We become negative about uh, whatever relationship we're in. So we have to guard our lives. Let me go on and read in 1 Peter 5, pick up in verse 9. It says, take a decisive stand against him, the devil. Resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that you're believing Uh, that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of trouble you endure. And then after your belief suffer, after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ will personally, I love this, and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, he will set you firmly in a place and build you up. And he has all the power you needed to do this forever. Amen and amen. Let me, let me, let me just say this real quick. Isolation is dangerous. When we start to disconnect, it becomes dangerous. The devil's looking. He's looking. He's seeking whom he may devour. 
Do not disconnect from your healthy relationships, your God-fearing relationships, relationships that are feeding you and that you can feed in, and you, you cannot disconnect. Don't kid yourself, the devil's seeking. Divorce rate in, uh, in America and even among Christians, even among ministers is crazy high. It's about 50% across the board, Christian, non-Christian alike. That's first. That's, the, that's first uh, 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 marriages. Second marriages, about 60%. Uh, third marriages is about 73%. It just keeps going up and up and up. And like I said, one-third of all heaven had a church split. Why? Has somebody allowed pride in their life? Yeah. By the way, one individual can influence a lot of others. We got to be submitted one to another in the fear of God. God, I love you. I love you with everything that's in me. You're my everything. And and as I said earlier, uh, you know it's it's messy. It's difficult from time to time. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, uh, it, it, isolation is not the solution. It's dangerous. And let me give you one other thought. Together is powerful. Jesus said he, he would give us the power and the ability to make it happen. He'd give us the grace. It's powerful. Uh, Dan Tebbets, stand to your feet, sir. Look at him back there. Dan, how long have we been together, sir? About 16 years. Uh, Dan, Dan and, Dan's got my back. He has my back all the time. But I'm going to tell you, he and my relationship have gotten messy from time to time. Has it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His wife answered for him. Uh, a few weeks back after our first Wednesday, uh, on a Sunday morning, Dan had come to me and he made some comment that I didn't like and and then I commented back and he didn't like it and then we uh, just got messy for a little bit. And Debbie was right there and Debbie says, excuse me, I'm leaving. And she did run. And uh, and then Dan was going to pick up his uh, stuff, and I said, "No, we need to we need to settle this." And so we back there in the back of the room, back there we we God's grace came upon us. We both submitted one to another. We got through it. By the way, let, let me let me just say something. It isn't the first time. Probably ain't going to be the last time. But let me let me let me let me just say this. Okay, I, I say this because all of us need to understand. Everyone in the flesh, their first response will probably be negative. Give people time to process. We're not perfect. I got issues. Dan has issues. We all have issues. We need to work through stuff. I always like to say it this way. If you got an issue, go to Lowe's, buy a ladder, ladder, climb it, and get over it. Amen? Amen. Amen. I hope this has helped. All right? Let's pray.